0: Welcome to the How to Find Joy podcast. If you are currently feeling unhappy, overwhelmed, stuck in a rut, or simply need a boost of hope, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, June Supanpak, also known as Joy Guy June, and I'm here to give you honest conversations on how to find joy through this messy thing called life. My intention is to share practical tips on how to get back on the path towards joy show you examples of what that could look like for you, and help you feel more inspired and connected to your own definition of success, power, and true happiness. If you're ready to learn what's possible, the How to Find Joy podcast is here for you. So let's get this pot started. Woohoo! People, people who please people Are the least joyful people in the world (laughs) It's a much lesser known Barbara Streisand song (laughs) But are you a people pleaser? Does this actually resonate with you? I gotta say, as a joy guide, people pleasing is a very common way that we block ourselves from joy. And it happens to be one of the most challenging problems I still continue to struggle with at, at times. And I, it's like one of those monsters, you know, in horror movies that just never seem to die and randomly come back to life to haunt you at the most surprising times. That's how I feel when it comes to people-pleasing behaviors. And if you've been doing it for decades, years, your whole life, I feel like it's so hard to let it go. And if you are listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't think I'm a people pleaser, June, or am I a people pleaser? I figure that this might be a good time to break the news to you and maybe give you some of these examples of the behaviors that make you a people pleaser so you can maybe see if you are in alignment with your true self or if you are currently struggling with people pleasing. (laughs) So number one, you may be putting yourself or putting others first. Um, This doesn't sound like a bad thing, honestly, but when you begin to prioritize others' needs over your own and all of a sudden your well-being and your joy begins to suffer, that is a total red flag that you are a people pleaser. Another quality or trait is that you may avoid expressing your opinions People pleasers often keep their thoughts to themselves because they don't want to appear disagreeable and fear conflict or disapproval. I mean, I think that I didn't do this podcast for the longest time because I was so terrified of sharing or expressing any of my thoughts and ideas. Cause I was just so scared that the people pleaser inside of me was going to have a conniption, which I mean, even on my first episode, it definitely did. Cause I was thinking, Oh my God, what if people don't like it? What if, what if they hate me? What if the trolls come out? Like for years I kept my people pleasing side kept me from expressing my opinions. So, I mean, if you have that problem, I feel you, I understand. Another trait might be you apologize, not just for the things that you need to apologize for, but for everything. Do you find yourself saying, oops, sorry, sorry, oh my gosh, sorry, sorry, ugh," yeah, I do that too still. And I remember reading that article saying, replace saying I'm sorry with thank you. And I still struggle with that. I'm like, okay, I'm, so oh, nope, thank you for waiting on me. Even though I was late, instead of sorry, I was late. Ugh, it is hard. It's hard, I'm telling you, but you don't have to apologize for everything. Unnecessary and excessive apologizing is usually motivated for people pleasers by a fear of upsetting others. And you just want to avoid the conflict, you know? You don't want, you don't again, that disagreeableness, that disapproving, you don't want any of that in your life. Okay. Are you maybe an overgiver? and you don't know how to say no? I if you are, I created a whole episode specifically catered to this personality type in episode number 8. So go back and listen to that, but it is a major problem because it leads to overcommitting and even sickness and illness. So if you are an overgiver, you may be also a people pleaser. And finally, I mean there's a million by the way qualities of people pleasers, but I picked kind of like my favorite 5. Um, the fifth one I picked was you seek other people's approval and you can actually abandon your own feelings and needs to get external validation. So if any of these qualities, or maybe even all of these qualities, ding, 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 raise your hand like me, if that is true for you, (laughs) you could definitely be suffering from people pleasing. And when I say suffering, I mean it because I have been there and sometimes I still can be. And I have found that this is one of the biggest blocks to joy, not only for my clients, but for all kinds of people in the world. And often one of the hardest things about people-pleasing and why it's so hard to shake is because it actually comes with a lot of perks. Oftentimes when you're a people-pleaser, people see you and others see you as this kind, helpful, agreeable, super cool human, right? And you are often rewarded for being so pleasing. <laughs> you, you're you the one that goes with the flow. No problem. No big deal. Oh my God. Let me do that for you. I got that. But... All the people pleasers I know, I have not met one admitted people pleaser who, including myself, that has been able to say, oh my gosh, you know what? I love this. This is who I am. And it just gives me so much peace and love and joy to people please. I have yet met one person who is a people pleaser who has said that. And and really, when I do end up talking to a people pleaser, oftentimes we can all agree that we're suffering in silence because often we end up very unhappy with ourselves, with our lives, with our relationships, and we feel like we always have to be on, right? Right. There's no downtime. We have to be on. We're going out. We're talking to people. We have to put on the mask. We can't relax. I mean, there's so much anxiety in people pleasing. I zero stars on Yelp. I do not recommend it. This is a no-go on TripAdvisor. Do not do it. But if, you know, you are recognizing that, oh man, I am a people pleaser, but you don't know what to do about it, I think I wanted to share with you some of the things that I actually did at the beginning of my journey of untangling and deconditioning from people-pleasing behaviors. And I hope that this supports you and serves you. And so that you can kind of start living a more joyful life and in alignment with your true self. So The first thing I want to say is it's so important, and I think I say this so often, but it is truly the foundation of all healing, I believe, and it's building self-awareness. You know, I had to get clear on who I am, and when I was at the height of my people-pleasing personality, I could confidently say that if somebody asked, like, who are you, June? I couldn't answer that. I had no freaking clue who I was. I was a shapeshifter and I would morph into whomever or whatever the person in front of me needed me to be because I was really good at it. And, you know, I made it my entire identity. I made it a part of who I am. I am just this nice person that just does and is an empath and is able to, you know, be whoever you want me to be and I did it really well. But at the same time that I was building, you know, awareness of other people's feelings and needs, I was self-abandoning and I was completely unaware of my own feelings and needs. So I had to really ask myself some hard, very important questions And here are like a few examples of the questions that I started using to help build my self-awareness. So number one, what are my values? Like what do I really value in this life? What do I find significant and important? And for me it was like honesty, love and loyalty and family. And It was really interesting because I felt like when I actually wrote that down, I had this epiphany around, wow, I wrote honesty. (laughs) How could I have written honesty? Because as a people pleaser, and maybe all the people pleasers who are listening will understand this, it was a awakening moment because if honesty is a value in my life, as a people pleaser, I was a liar. I wasn't honest about who I was. I lied to myself. I lied to others. I pretended all the time. And it was because, first off, I feel like, you know, you are raised a certain way and you believe that, oh, people pleasing is a valuable trait, right? It could be a value in and of itself. (laughs) But at the end of the day, after I woke up to all of the lack of benefits, like, anxiety and self-esteem and self-worth issues, I was starting to really question like, oh God, if honesty is a value of mine, then, and I want that out in my own life and I find it to be something that's important, I definitely am not doing that. And that was, that self-awareness really sent me to therapy. (laughs) That really sent me to seek professional help. And I definitely highly recommend Anyone who is on the beginning of their self awareness journey to seek professional help. I really, really recommend it. Doesn't matter where you find it necessarily. You know, some people prefer a psychiatrist or a therapist, a counselor, a coach, a guide, whatever it is. It's really important to be able to seek external counsel because I know for me at least, it was so overwhelming to unpack all of my emotional and psycho- psychological baggage alone. And when I ask myself, what are my values? What do I want out of my life? What motivates me to take action and why? Which are all important questions, I think, if you wanted to kind of like journal on it or write it down and really start evaluating your own self-awareness. this These are the questions that I highly, highly recommend because it's getting to the foundation of, wait, why do I do this? And what do I want out of my own life? And have I been living my life or living a life that I think other people think I should live? And again, these are the questions as a joy guide I ask myself all the time or I ask my clients, like, are you living the life of joy that you want to be living or are you living for someone else? And again, the people pleasers will usually answer, yeah, well, I'm actually living for other people. And that self-awareness is everything because without it, you can't make any changes, right? Okay, so the second thing I highly recommend for overcoming people pleasing in the beginning, right? Because again, this is a really long process, especially you know if you've been doing it your entire life. You're going to use many years to also untangle those behaviors. So number two thing that I would recommend is setting boundaries for yourself. Most people say, set boundaries, set boundaries. But I want to specifically say you need to set boundaries for yourself because I had to go through a bunch of rules for me when I first started this process. For example, when I was first learning how to stop overgiving, Um, I had to learn how to say no, but I was so used to saying, yeah, yeah, no problem, whatever you need. It almost made me sick and sweaty and gross to say no. I felt like I was such a horrible human being because this person would judge me and disapprove of me and I would be a bad person for saying no. So I had to set really hard boundaries for myself in the beginning because When I didn't, I found myself cycling back into toxic relationships or toxic behaviors and it just was not working. So here's what I mean by creating rules for myself. So when I decided I didn't want to do something, I had to remind myself that I'm allowed to say no. So my rule was, you're allowed to say no. When you decide that you're not going to do something, you are allowed to say no and then Another rule was when I did say no, I have to follow through with my decision because oftentimes that cycle that I was talking about, I would say no. And then maybe 10 minutes later, somehow in the conversation, my guilt, my shame, my inner critic would start saying, you're a bad person. You're a bad person. What's wrong with you? They're helpless. They need your help. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, you know what? actually, I am free on Friday. I can help you move (laughs) or whatever it is. And I didn't follow through on my boundary, my rule that I set for myself to protect me. And so I had to say, okay, when I say no, I have to follow through. Then when I say no, you know, I gave myself a rule that I am also allowed to stop talking (laughs) because as people pleasers, when we do say no, oftentimes I've heard many of us, Try to over explain like, no, actually, my cat is sick or I have to go do my hair. Honestly, I think my mom needs my help this weekend. Whatever it is, it's like no was never just a complete sentence. No was followed by a long ass explanation about why the no is justified. And so my rule had to be, okay, after you say no, shut up stop talking, June. You can't speak anymore. They don't need to hear this. And also I realize now looking back on it because I don't do that anymore that it just sounds like an excuse. (laughs) I was thinking... Oh my gosh, if I share the excuse, then they won't feel like I'm abandoning them. And so I will be justified in why I'm saying no. And now I just think about it and I'm like, oh my God, regrets. I totally look like I'm lying. And probably a lot of times I was, which leads me to my other rule, which is when I say no, do not lie about why I'm saying no. Ay <laughs> <Oy> babe, <vey. laughs> I... I don't know. I felt like for me, at least, setting that boundary was so important because I was so used to people-pleasing and using little white lies to spare feelings. And I thought I was being a good person. But again, if I go back to my value systems that I actually questioned (laughs) in the beginning of my self-awareness journey... I was lying. I was not honest. So yes, I had to reel back in all those excuses that were most likely fake anyways, because I was thinking, well, if I tell them the truth, then they'll feel hurt. They're going to be so sad because I just don't want to go out that night or I don't want to see that movie. And that's going to personally affect them like it would affect me which again, a whole other motivation for people pleasing is like fear of rejection, right? So you, you feel the fear of rejection. And then on top of that, you don't want to reject other people because you know how bad that would feel. So it's just this toxic, toxic cycle. Again, do not recommend. <laughs> okay. Number three, the third thing that I would say that was most helpful for me at the beginning of my journey for overcoming people-pleasing was identifying my people-pleasing triggers. Now, this one was interesting for me because all of the other steps were really hard, but this one was actually really easy because I could tell, like I knew when I was going into a situation where I was people-pleasing because I My tummy would hurt and I would already be trying to create a story around why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling or what I'm going to say. It just was so prepared and I always knew when I was feeling, oh no, I'm going to go into a people-pleasing trigger is usually when I felt the worst. Like I had a headache or my tummy was hurting. Again, it was my body telling me that I am out of alignment and I'm not living a joyful life of authenticity because I'm faking it till I clearly am not making it because that equation does not work in people-pleasing. But for me, it was definitely when I was at work with certain friends, which then I question like, are they my friends if I feel like I have to please them? Or are they manipulating me or am I manipulating them? Like there's a lot of questions that go with this. But um, I also would people please with strangers. I mean, I also don't want strangers to dislike me. I mean, what? What? That's crazy. They don't know me. I don't owe them anything. And yet I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna people please this stranger I do not know. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. For those who are listening who are not people pleasers, this probably sounds wackadoodle to you. And that is fair. But for the rest of you who are listening and you're thinking, oh my God, that's me right now. I understand you. I feel you. I get it. It is so hard. And I got to say that deconditioning from people-pleasing is a bitch. I'm not going to lie. It requires you to really start confronting hard truths about yourself, your relationships, your life. Like you might go into existential crisis like me, but I can definitely say though that it is worth it in the end. I don't want to set this example and set this bar and be like, yeah, you're screwed, bro. (laughs) Good luck. Because I can definitely say that, you know, I started my journey out of people-pleasing behaviors, probably around 12 years ago, I had like a very defining moment. And I would say that it really required me to learn how to let go of this constant stress and anxiety and resentment and anger. I mean, I felt so horrible and I had such low self-esteem and really low self-worth which perpetuated all of my people pleasing because I also thought, well, this is the only way that you can be successful or have power or be happy, right? Like this is what it looks like. And there are worlds of examples out there. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's, you know, whatever you're watching on TV, like these behaviors seep into our everyday lives all the time and frankly, normalize them. And so we get really confused about whether or not, is people pleasing good or bad? Is it good or bad? I want to say for the record, in my opinion, I don't love it. (laughs) As your joy guide, I don't love it for you. And I don't want you to live with that constant stress, anxiety, and resentment like I did. And now that I actually have been untangling this crazy intense web of people-pleasing from my behaviors, it's something that I really appreciate that I actually learned how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's also something that you're going to have to do as a former people-pleaser because saying no is uncomfortable, setting boundaries for yourself, uncomfortable. Recognizing when you go into work and you're about to be triggered by your people pleasing, super uncomfortable. And yet it's like through the discomfort now, I feel like I know how to make better decisions. I can be who I actually am and share my opinion in public spaces like this podcast. I mean, who is me? (laughs) Who am I? I am a recovering people pleaser. And I want to say that I hope that you find the courage to begin this process, even though it may be hard. And I feel like you deserve to be your truest and most joyful self. And I absolutely believe that you can do it. If I can do it, I am positive that you also can do it. As always, if you found the How to Find Joy podcast helpful, Please be sure to share with your loved ones or leave a review. And if you're looking for more information about each episode, our guests, or any resources we mentioned, you can easily find them all below in the show notes. If you'd like more content, you can follow me at JoyGuyJune on Instagram, TikTok, and in the near future, YouTube. And if you're ready to tap into your magical gifts and start living your highest potential, you can also do one-on-one private coaching with me. Learn more about my Joy Guidance program on my website at www.joyguidejune.com.